this morning obviously was quite a change from yesterday. I think someone, at least one person, made comment how I was dressed for summer last night when we were decorating, but my defense is almost 60, and here we are this morning. But um, before I get on, I need a little assistance. Sequoia, are you up for this? Yeah. Would you, yeah, would you take the bag and just pass up and down the rows? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have her pass out some marshmallows. Nope, not the good stuff. Hide that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody play along. You don't have to do anything with them. <laughs> and you're welcome to enjoy it right now if you'd like. Uh, they're very fresh. They were just purchased yesterday, and I opened them this morning, just a few minutes before service started. And uh, I don't enjoy them myself, but I'm confident we have some fans in the room this morning. So go ahead and enjoy it now if you like. But, but if you can wait 10 or 12 minutes until after the message, you can also have something that I think is a little better. Uh, I'll leave that decision up to you, and I promise that it's not a trick. Uh, you won't be judged unless you eat the marshmallow of the person next to you. But speaking of treats, doesn't the sanctuary look beautiful this morning? Yes. It? I can only imagine how much joy our Heavenly Father takes in watching His children work together to take such care of His house. I say that in particular about Christmas decorations, but you do an awesome job of making this building and the land that surrounds it look so cared for and appreciate it throughout the year, and for that I am grateful. You know, last week we talked about giving thanks in the message that I titled, Thanks for Nothing. If you were here, you recall that I took the liberty of categorizing our gratitude and prayers of thanksgiving into three different categories. First, there's this easiest and obvious stuff. You know, it's almost a reflex when we pray it. It says we are thankful for the food we are about to eat, marshmallows. Uh, the hands that prepared it, the hands that handed it out. I hate these. These are gross. Um, <laughs> you can have mine. Um, you know, we're thankful for the good news that we shared. You know, and all rightfully so. And I hope you didn't understand, misunderstand me last week. It's very important that we are thankful for these things. But if we're being honest with ourselves, we didn't have to give it much thought to come up with that list. And I talked about the second category, which was going a little deeper with our thankfulness beyond the easy stuff. And that was our counted blessings. You know, those things that we generally take for granted, like our health, our financial means, or the way we make our living, our skills, our abilities, and the beauty of creation itself. And again, I hope you didn't misunderstand me. Those are, of course, things that we should be grateful for. As Christians, we tended to do a better job of recognizing those, being mindful of them, because we know that all good things come from God, and we thank Him for that. But when we, we dig really deep, and we talked about this last week, we focused on it, when you dig really deep for things to be thankful for, that we should be thankful for, there was some really hard stuff. Those risky prayers, those unanswered prayers, those broken roads that we went on to get us where we are now. And last week we focused on that last category of gratitude, and I closed with a challenge to you, and I challenged myself, and it was also a prayer, that you would be truly and genuinely thankful it's truly and genuine celebrate Thanksgiving, not just the holiday, but the spirit of gratitude. And how did you do with that? If you were at Bible study this morning, you heard me say that I was a little hit and miss myself. I found the easy things to be just that. They were easy. They were easy to recognize and easy to say thanks. And when I got some much-needed good news at work about midweek, Sherry and I rallied together and thanked God for what he had done. But I also remember grumbling about a few situations and a few people. And if I am to be completely honest with you and with myself, I didn't apply all last week's message very well in those moments. But I thank God for his grace. This morning is a new day, 
and even his grace is renewed, and we will once again try to be more like the person he calls us to be. Anybody else have a week like that? Yeah. So before I dive in this week's topic, how are the marshmallows doing? <laughs> Ready or not, here he comes. The image on the screen there, it reflects the angel coming to Mary and delivering quite a message. So let's listen to that story from Luke. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from a god to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at that saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting that might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord of God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. I can't even imagine that. This angel coming in... in, in you know, and, and calling me by name, and how do you respond to that? You know, what are you here to say? And, and the angel could see it in her, in her face. says, do not be afraid. You found favor with God. And drop this bomb on her. I mean, how would you respond in that moment? And let's not forget that she needs to explain this to her fiancé, Joseph. I say that he took it about as well as a person could. Luckily, Joseph was a man of faith, and he had a visitor, too. In Matthew, it tells us, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to make Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his dream, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. I mean, what an honor to carry and raise the Savior of the world. But what a source of anxiety. We talked about that this morning, that worry about what people think. I mean, the people around them, they knew she was pregnant before she was married. Certainly she was being judged. And how would you explain what had happened or how it had happened? You know, uh, would Joseph tell his friends, it's okay, it's not mine. It doesn't, it doesn't work. But ready or not, Jesus was coming. Now, I love good news. So quite I love that you said, yay, Christmas has come. That's good news. And you may wonder if that's true since I tend to focus Sunday morning messages on these things that we should be doing a better job of, forgiving and loving and praying and giving things to God. And, and often I share them because I need to hear them myself. 
But understand, I have a shared responsibility with you and our spiritual growth and well-being. So from time to time, we have to address these things that aren't really comfortable or fun. Because we need to stay on track with what God's plan for our journey through life. And we're to continue to work to become more Christ-like. But I actually do have good news for you this morning. Christ is coming. That's why I said it. Jesus is coming. Christmas is coming. And ready or not, here he comes. Two weeks ago, we talked about the journey of life being all about the destination. It's in what God has destined for us. But what does this mean for Jesus' life? We have the benefit of being able to read an account of his life, his journey, in the Bible. And the Bible gives us some idea about his destination, which heaven, in many cases, is described as being better than anything we can imagine. And I don't know, I can imagine some pretty awesome things, but the Bible says it's better than you can possibly imagine. And I look forward to be blown away by how God outdoes me on this. And we have this account of Jesus' life, which we will continue to study as we gather here on Sundays. But what about the people that lived around the time that Jesus did? They didn't know when he would come. But they had some clues through prophecies that spoke of how he would come to us and what he would accomplish. And ultimately, that he would suffer on our behalf. Isaiah foreshadowed the birth of Christ. We've read many scriptures from him this morning. In fact, in Isaiah 7, 14, it says, The prophet Isaiah addresses the house of David, meaning the family and descendants of King David, and speaks of a virgin being pregnant with a child and giving birth to the child. Isaiah says this in the context of it being a sign from God. He also says that the child would be referred to as Emmanuel, which means God's with us. You know, the New Testament books of Matthew and Luke record details involving birth of Jesus, which was 700 years after the time of Isaiah. And they said that he was born as Virgin Mary and the Son of God because he is the Son of God. And Jesus literally can be referred to as God with us. So friends, we have the advantage of knowing Jesus' story. And more importantly, we have the opportunity to know Jesus himself and have a relationship with him. I will even go as far is to say that we have responsibility to know him and responsibility to have a relationship with him. And this is a good kind of responsibility that comes with many benefits that we call blessings. You want to hear some more good news? He's coming back. The Bible tells us so. It also says, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows when he's coming back. So ready or not, here he comes again. And will you be ready? Will I? Do we have an active posture as we wait for him? Although we're waiting, are we prepared in our heart and soul to meet our Savior? Are you enjoying the journey that is your life while using responsibly to honor the one that gave it to you? Are you honing your Christian skills, becoming more Christ-like every day in preparation for the destination of an eternity in heaven? So what makes Christmas so special is not just that it's coming of our King, it's also made special by what was accomplished on the cross and then his ascension to heaven. His destination, heaven, is what gave his journey value, not just for him, but for every one of us as well. And our destination is the same as his. Are you ready for him to come? Maybe. But are you ready to wait for that holy moment? The beginning of the message, I asked Sequoia to pass out the, uh, the marshmallows. And I'm told they're a delicious treat. I will not have mine. But I know. But perhaps you've already enjoyed yours, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> will you go ahead and hand out the rest? Yeah. Um, the marshmallows are the other 
the other thing. See, because there's a, there's a lesson, and, and this is an old psychology test, and they, they give a bunch of kids, and where I guess we're all children of God, marshmallows, and they put it in front of them and said, I don't want you to eat that for 15 minutes. And if you can do it, I'm going to give you a prize. Well, they gave them more marshmallows, which does nothing for me. Job. <laughs> but we, we, we enjoy Christmas, and, and there's something more coming, something better coming. And maybe like marshmallows better so the point gets lost, but it's true. What we get on life is marshmallow. It's sweet, it's fun, it's sometimes hard, but it's good. Life is good, but what's coming is so much better. Just if you wait, you wait. So let's enjoy Christmas, and I'll give it all the reverence it deserves. But let's have fun and celebrate with family and friend all the richness of the traditions that come with it. And let's be mindful of the reason we celebrate this birth that began his life and the death and then re-life that gave us an opportunity to have a new life. Let's pray. Father God, life is sweet. Life is good. Life is sometimes difficult. But there are so many blessings in it. And God, no matter how good life is, there's something more that's coming that's better. And that's made possible by the gift of your son that reconciles our sins with you, that gives us a relationship and a direct line to you. And God, this first week of Advent, as we prepare our hearts, as we move towards the coming of Christ, help us to do that on every level. God, let's be ready when he comes. As always, I thank you for this church this congregation, this opportunity to gather here seeking you. God, I pray for every family here, those who couldn't make it, those who are ill or traveling, and I pray for the empty spots in the pews this week that you'll fill them with people that are hungry for you, interested in hearing your word and your story. God, let us continue to be a welcoming congregation, and let's go a step further and be an inviting conversation, congregation as well. God, you have told us to go forth and make disciples of all nations. I lift up this whole service to you, and as we take communion here in just a moment, I ask that it honors you in every way. Amen.